taking up during the month of December the offering for the International Missions, the Lottie Moon International Missions offering. <clears throat> and the money you give goes to things like that, to, to minister to people that, you know, Venezuela's in a crisis, people are crossing the border continually into Colombia, and, and our missionaries are there sharing the gospel with them and providing some hope and, and some ways to make a living, and so you have a part in that. And so we're just, uh, during the month of December... Uh, if there's some envelopes out there on the table if you didn't have any, but we're taking up that offering for international missions, not only in uh, Colombia and Venezuela, but all around the world, as we've discovered the last few weeks. The title of the message today is Seeing Salvation. Seeing Salvation. And I'm not going to have just one passage of scripture that I'm going to read. I'm going to be reading scriptures all the way through the message. Uh, so just wanted you to be aware of that. One of the wonderful things about Christmas season is the the light displays all around us. I don't know if you enjoy that kind of thing, but I always have. Even as a little kid, we'd our family would go look at the lights in the city and around. Uh, it's very easy here within range. You can go to Olin Park. You can see the light displays. You can see some guy proposed to his uh, fiance through the light display this year. I thought that was pretty amazing. Uh, you can drive to Edgerton. I, I haven't done this, but I, I heard that if to there's a there, Edgerton, there's a farm, there's some place out there that has a fabulous light display. Anybody seen that? Anyway, um, when we lived in Iowa, we used to drive to the Baird family farm, and it was out in the, it was about a 40 mile drive for us. But the, this farmer and his family just did this fabulous Christmas light display every year. And it cost them a lot of money and a lot of time, but they just did it year after year. They're still doing it. I've, I've seen reports about them still doing it. Uh, I, I like the lights on my street. Some of my neighbors are more ambitious than I am. They put up lights on their house. And so it's fun to, to, to just see the light displays. I love lights and looking at lights at Christmas time. It's something visible and tangible. And as we look at these lights, we see uh, Christmas being celebrated. You know, salvation is something also that was seen. That was seen. Salvation is not a concept or philosophy. It's not some abstract idea or religion or adherence to some philosophy. Salvation was was seen and felt. Yes, it was. And one day it will be seen and felt again because salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ. The scripture says, we've already read it this morning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld his glory. Salvation is something that those who were there in that first century saw, and it's something that we will one day see and touch, just like those in the first century saw and touched salvation. The shepherds saw salvation. Now the angels told the shepherds about Jesus. And these shepherds, they went to see him lying in a manger in strips of cloth. The scripture says, when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, They may known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. The shepherds and Mary and Joseph saw salvation. Simeon saw salvation. 
Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple eight days after he was born. And that was the time... No, no, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up. They took Jesus to the temple 40 days after Jesus was born. And what they did on that day was Mary had a certain uh, purification ceremony she went through. And they also dedicated their firstborn son, Jesus, to God as the law required. The firstborn of each Israelite family was required to be dedicated to God. They also offered the sacrifice of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And that was the sacrifice of the poor. They went to the temple to do this. Well, there was an old man in the temple uh, at Jerusalem named Simeon. And he was a devout follower of the Lord, the scripture tells us. And he was waiting for the Savior. The scripture says the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. On the day Jesus went to the temple to be dedicated, the Holy Spirit guided Simeon to the temple on the day when Mary and Joseph were there. When Simeon saw Jesus... He took Jesus in his arms and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon saw and held salvation. Salvation is not a philosophy or religion. Salvation is the person of Jesus Christ. And Simeon saw and held salvation. The wise men saw salvation. The wise men came from far away, probably Persia, modern-day Iran. We don't know how many there were, uh, but we do know they brought three gifts. They brought three gifts, and we assume that there were three wise men, but, but we don't know that. There could have been many wise men that came. And, and so they came from Persia. Uh, they came to see Jesus. Now, they didn't come the night that Jesus was born. In spite of all the, the, the manger scenes we see, uh, the wise men weren't at, at the barn that night. The, they saw miraculous, a miraculous manifestation of a star. And from the Old Testament, I think it's the book of Numbers, they understood something that the star would reveal when there was Messiah to be born. And so they began to follow that star that they saw. And they came from the east, they traveled west, and they came to Jerusalem because they knew that the king of the Jews had been born. Well, by this time, the star was not before them. And so they asked in Jerusalem where, <coughs> where the Messiah was to be born. And so Herod found out and he asked the religious experts and they told him that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And we all know Herod didn't have good intentions, but he told him that, and he sent them on to Bethlehem. But another miracle happened. The scripture says, as they left Jerusalem to go to Bethlehem, this miraculous star reappeared and led them to where Jesus was. It reappeared and led them to where Jesus was. And when they came to Jesus... He was probably a toddler. It uses a different word than infant or baby. He was a toddler living in a house with his mother in Bethlehem. And the scripture says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
The wise men saw salvation. They fell and worshipped salvation. They worshipped him. John the Baptist saw salvation. As an adult, John proclaimed that Israel must get ready to, to receive the Messiah that was coming. And John saw him. The scripture says as he was baptizing others, Jesus came to be baptized. And as Jesus was being baptized, John saw, uh, John saw, Jesus came to John. John took him in the water. John said as he was baptizing him, he saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove. And he heard the voice of the Father say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Later, when John was with some of his disciples on, on another day, he saw Jesus again and look what he said. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John saw him and then he invited the disciples with him to also see Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist saw salvation. The thief on the cross saw salvation. There were two thieves crucified by the side of Jesus. And one of them saw salvation. Not in some miraculous, victorious thing Jesus did on that cross, but they saw salvation in the one dying beside him. He saw salvation in the one dying beside him. As this thief was hanging on the cross, at first the scripture says he mocked. Both thieves mocked at first. And the scripture says somewhere that both of them were mocking him. But as one of the thieves watched Jesus, he saw something in Jesus' dying that he had never seen before. He saw salvation. He saw salvation. And he cried out to the one whom he had previously mocked. He said this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. How did Jesus respond to him on that day? This one who called it to him, even a, this criminal, even in the last moments of life, who called out to him. Jesus responded by saying this, Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. You see, the thief saw on the cross next to him, the one who had done no wrong. The one who was truly king of kings and who could receive him into his kingdom. The thief saw salvation. And the thief, in spite of all the stuff that he had done in his life. And how messed up he was and had become. And that he was dying, at being executed for his crimes. He turned to the one who would forgive him and, and, and bring him into his kingdom. And make him worthy to be in his kingdom. You see, none of these people deserve to see Jesus. <coughs> none of them. Not even Joseph or Mary deserved to see Jesus. The shepherds didn't. Simeon didn't. John the Baptist didn't. We don't see Jesus because he, we deserve to see him. We won't see him because we deserve to see him. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of the mercy of God, he will grant forgiveness to all who look to Jesus. And see in him the one who can forgive sins and the one who can save us from our sins. The thief on the cross saw salvation. The apostles and early believers saw salvation. 
We read in the book of Acts that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost what he had seen and experienced for three years. He had hung out with Jesus. He had saw him. He had touched with him. He had eaten with him. He had heard him for three years. And he'd seen him die. And he'd seen him come back to life, risen again. And he see, and he had seen him ascend to heaven. And so he preached Jesus on the day of Pentecost, the one he had seen. The other apostles also uh, testified to, to the three years that they spent with Jesus on the day of Pentecost. The apostles and early believers then went to most of the known world and testified of seeing the Savior, the crucified and risen Savior, and the one who would come again. In the New Testament, that, and, and, the, and the apostles, they gave us the New Testament. They gave us their eyewitnesses' account. The Apostle John, who is one of the inner circle of Jesus, uh, one of the eyewitnesses, this is what he wrote. That which, we, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was manifest and we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was also, which was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. You see, John wrote about that which he had seen and heard and touched with his hands. He had seen salvation. They had seen salvation. And you know, those who had seen it, they wanted to invite those who have not yet seen and who will not see in this life to a future day when we shall see salvation face to face. Those who have seen salvation want you to be included. Those who have experienced salvation want you who maybe have not believed to be included in that salvation so that one day together we might see salvation, we might see Jesus face to face. That which we have heard, we proclaim also to you. That we, may have, that we may have fellowship with you and our fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. You see, they want us to be here. And every believer wants others to be with, him, with, with them on that day when God's great love will be manif- manifested to us, will be la- has been lavished on us. The Apostle John wrote later, he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know this, that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Why? For we shall see Him as He is. You see, all who believe will see salvation face to face. All who believe will see salvation face to face. We will see Jesus. We will be in His presence forever. We will not see some religion that delivered us to us a way of salvation. We will not see uh, one who gave us four steps to salvation. We will see the one Mary, Joseph, and Simeon saw and held. We'll see the one the shepherds and the wise men worshipped. We'll see the one John the Baptist testified to as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We'll see the one the thief saw on the cross on the day of his death that took him to paradise. We will see the one the apostles and our believers saw dying, rising, and ascending to heaven. We will see the one we have not yet seen, but we know. 
Yes, we shall see Jesus as he is on that day. And we will be made like him in his immortality and his character. We will see the one we have yearned to see since we receive the forgiveness he purchased for us with his blood. We will see the one we have trusted with our lives, the one who saved us and made us his children. We will see him. Carrie Breck wrote a song, and the words say this, Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face what will it be, when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry skies, face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with the darkened veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. What rejoicing in his presence when our banished grief and pain. Death is swallowed up in victory and the darkness shall be plain. Face to face, oh blissful moment. Face to face to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ who loves me so. We'll see him one day. We'll see the one who gave his life for us so that we could be forgiven and live forever. So that we could be with him in his presence. We will see him. Salvation is not a philosophy. It's not a religion. It's not a concept. Salvation is Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that whoever, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I hope you see Him today with the eyes of faith. And if today you see Him with the eyes of faith, one day you will see Him face to face. If today you have not seen Him or embraced Him, you have not received the forgiveness that He offers you, He wants to give it to you. He wants to, he wants to save you. He wants to come into your life. He wants you to know His presence. And if you've never said, Yes, Jesus, come into my life, Forgive me and save me and I want to follow you. You can say that today. Maybe you're far away from him and, and you know you're not lived the way you should. But I want to tell you God wants you to begin again to walk with him. The scripture says that he, he forgives without reproach. That means he doesn't say, what took you so long to get back? God never says anything like that. He never says, you know, he never, he never treats us like that. If we will come to him, just like the prodigal came back to the father, the father embraced him. That's the way Jesus receives even his wandering children who stray. How many of us have not strayed? All of us have strayed and he still receives us back. I long to see the day when we will see him face to face. Our Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, that you just didn't send a plan to rescue us. Lord Jesus, you came yourself. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Lord, you became one of us, someone who could be seen and heard and felt and touched. And you came to do in a human body what we could not do, You came to absorb the punishment in yourself that we deserve for our sin. Father, you, you, in your justice, sin had to be paid for. 
But Lord, you didn't send. You, you came yourself to do it for us, Lord Jesus. You came to absorb the punishment that we deserve so that we could be forgiven because of what you've done. Lord, we praise you this day and we give glory to you. We ask you to help and draw us to yourself and help us to realize what this means. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.